We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Friends, in that spirit of adoration and praise and thanksgiving, uh, we hear from the prophet Isaiah, as we have the past couple of weeks, uh, an image, a poem, a picture, a longing, a horizon, a future, a hope. And we hear uh, in this picture today, in Isaiah 35, a picture of the wilderness and of the desert and of a road and of a companion on that road. So hear this, the 35th chapter of Isaiah. The desert and the dry land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. They will burst into bloom and rejoice with joy and singing. They'll receive the glory of Lebanon, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the Lord's glory, splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, support the unsteady knees, Say to those who are panicking, be strong, don't fear. Here's your God coming with vengeance, with divine retribution. God will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be be cleared. Then the lame will leap like the deer and the tongue of the speechless will sing. Waters will spring up in the desert, streams in the wilderness. The burning sand will become a pool and the thirsty ground fountains of water. The jackals habitat a pasture. Grass will become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there. It will be called the holy way. The unclean won't travel on it, but it will be for those walking on that way. Even fools won't get lost on it. Thanks be to God for that, by the way. No lion will be there. No predator will go up on it. None of these will be there. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The Lord's ransomed ones will return and enter Zion with singing with everlasting joy upon their heads. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Grief and groaning will flee away. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you for this image, for this promise of joy overwhelming. Would you give us a taste of it even now? as we hear your word, as we come to this table, as we sing together, as we are filled with the spirit of this season, will you fill us with that joy that only you can give? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What is joy? I asked a couple of people at work this week what they thought joy was, and there's this, you know, conflation of joy and happiness, and I think we all kind of know that they're not exactly the same thing, but they often coexist together, or one and maybe the result of another, and maybe one, it, like joy, takes a, more words to say, or you don't quite have the words to say it, and happy is maybe something that is passing, and for a moment, or maybe it's because of your external circumstances. What is joy? Personally, I associate joy most of all with laughter. And you hear the laughter of a child, or you've seen on TikTok or Instagram or something, these videos of children laughing, and it's contagious. (laughs) 
or you've been in a situation like that, even if what you're saying isn't very funny, uh, you can't help but laugh. <laughs> and you're overwhelmed with joy. And there's this common thing that people say now, and they've kind of understood it more and more as it's gone on, that children laugh about 300-ish times a day, and adults maybe laugh 15 to 20. So like, let's be like little children and laugh more. What they found is it's not just like children are more jovial and happy and laughable people, but you laugh when you're around the same people for a prolonged period of time. So like the person I laugh with the most is my wife, Landon. It also happens to be that she's one of the funniest people I know, often without it being on purpose. Uh, (laughs) And when you spend a lot of time around somebody, you find them to be funnier, which is good news for me because I'm not very funny, Uh, but she finds me funny most of the time. But children, they're around each other in school all day, and they just laugh and laugh and laugh, and the simplest things make them laugh, and that just brings me joy to hear a child laugh or to hear somebody else laugh or to somebody laugh at my joke or someone to laugh at their own joke or to see a pair of people sitting at a restaurant just like cracking up, like embarrassed, red in the face, and trying to quiet down, but you just can't stop. Pure joy. There's a way that Christians talk about joy, too, that I, I actually i am like skeptical of or maybe cynical about. We have all these songs. We sang one today. It's a favorite of mine, and I know a favorite of many of you, joy to the world. This joy is given by God in this experience during the Christmas season that God gives joy to the world by coming to be with us, or I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, you know, that it's this thing that's deeply seated in who you are and then we give this command and you don't see it in the English because we have this verb form of it rejoice but the actual word is just like the verb form of joy so like to joy go joy you know and it's part of our DNA that we should be joyful people and I'm suspicious of it because I think we've all encountered and maybe even in this moment now you're encountering things that strip you of your joy and so maybe you've been asked by a pastor or another Christian person to kind of do like the Stepford wife thing and just like smile <laughs> and act joyful through your suffering or your pain or your hardship. But in seeing this image today and kind of digging deep into what joy means, I've understood it to be something more than just smiling through the pain or don't worry, be happy, or just cheer up as if that advice has ever worked. <laughs> to find joy, lasting, deep joy, is something entirely different. I'm reminded of Nikki Gumbel, who's a pastor in England, just recently retired from Holy Trinity Brompton, an Anglican church there. And he was not a Christian when he was at university, became a Christian while he was in school, and he had friends who were Christians. And he said his impression of Christians was they had these suspicious smiles, (laughs) And I think we've all experienced that too, and I might add often creepy too, you know? Uh, They had these suspicious smiles, and he said, you know, maybe some of it was like not really genuine or authentic, but also I think for many of us, there is maybe underneath this strain of when we think about the story of Christmas in particular, this sly smile may come to your face. I've quoted her before, and I've learned a lot from her. I heard about this guy who was kind of like emotionally stunted, and so to try to identify his emotions for his wife, uh, he got one of those like quarterback armbands, and instead of putting plays on it, it had the emotions wheel on it. So he'd be like, I am feeling forlorn, you know, (laughs) like kind of identify his emotions. And uh, Brene Brown has this book called The Atlas of the Heart that's a similar thing. Uh, It kind of teaches you about the different emotions and feelings of whatever phase of life or whatever part of life that you're in, uh, you can identify like those, those emotions. And she has two little portions on joy 
and happiness. And some of you may remember, my, my hope is one day Brene is watching. So Brene, if you're watching, thanks for the help this week in preparing my sermon. I now want to know what joy and happiness are because of you. Uh, and she tells this really beautiful story that she was actually at Herman Park in Houston and she was in one of the paddle boats, the pedal, pedal boats with her daughter who was six at the time. And she says this really beautiful thing. She says, it seems like yesterday, but it was like 19 or 20 years ago or something like that. And they're in the pedal boat together and she notices her daughter has stopped pedaling and she looks over and her daughter has this serene look on her face and um, she's looking up at the sky and the sun is bathing her face and uh, Brene can't really tell like what emotion she's feeling in that moment and she asks her if she's okay and she says, yeah, mom, I'm fine. I'm just making a picture memory. That's a really precious thing to say for a six-year-old. I'm just making a picture memory. And it's really wise too because I think if we just took one second right now to think, like we would start to see these snapshots of those same moments for us where we felt pure, unbounded joy. Brene Brown calls joy, um, it's like a, a, a deep sensation of gratitude and connection, spiritual connection. So like really deep. It's deep, deep inside. It's gratitude and spiritual connection to another person or to the world around you or to a reality or a truth or a promise. It's deep. It's deep inside you. And, and happiness has to do with maybe a passing circumstance, a passing external circumstance. But joy is deeper. It's like the baseline we find ourselves in. I'm really moved by that image, Brene. Thank you for it, by the way. Uh, because Isaiah has a picture memory. We saw one last week, this really vivid image of these animals coming together and creation being reconciled. And then he has this picture memory of the environment changing, dry places becoming wet, infertile places blooming, quiet places being filled with song and glory, weak people becoming strong, faithless people having confidence, people who had been cast aside and oppressed receiving God's justice. It says vengeance here, but it's God swooping in to save them. The blind can see. Those that couldn't speak can finally speak again. And there's this clear highway that you walk on, and it winds, but it's easy to follow. And on that road, there is singing. Not just any singing, joyful singing. When I was growing up, I sometimes would, you know, stay the night at a friend's house, and then if we, I would go to the church with them if they went to church, and I had a friend, Harrison, who actually happened to go to the same church that I went to, and his family, like my family, would go to Sunday school class first, and then beg and plead our parents to not go to big church, <laughs> and so I got to be in Harrison's family that weekend and also plead and beg, but then I heard Harrison say something that really caught my attention, and he said, if we go to big church, mom, dad will sing, <laughs> And I realized he was embarrassed of his dad singing. And we went to big church, and I saw why. <laughs> uh, but the thing was, he could not carry a tune to save his life. But the look on his face, he was thrilled to be singing. That's the kind of singing I imagine. It was joy-filled singing like Harrison's dad, on pitch or not, filled with joy, entering into God's presence. In fact, John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement that our church is a family member of, uh, he had instructions for hymn singing. And I really love this. He says that you should sing lustily. We use that word a little bit different now. <laughs> but back in the 1700s, lustily meant with just like your whole heart, your whole affection, your whole being. Sing even if you can't keep a tune. Sing with your heart to the end of praising God. Sing lustily. Or in other words, sing with joy. 
I think different than hope that we talked about the first week or peace that we talked about last week, joy is one that I have a hard time pinning down like things you could do to find joy. It's a lot like uh, Michelle's sermon several weeks ago about letting delight find you. I think joy is the same way. Joy and delight are kind of best friends in some way. Uh, joy sometimes just comes upon you. Again, those picture memories that you, you didn't ask for, you didn't manufacture, you didn't manipulate. It just springs upon you like we hear in this picture Isaiah gives us, that you're walking on the road and then all of a sudden you're just full of joy. Landon and I don't have children, but I remember when I first became an uncle and my sister Caitlin had her son Hudson and we live far away still at the time. We were, uh, you know, uh, they live in North Carolina. And my twin sister, she got to go see him first. And she kind of described what it was like and, and just like the weight of like my sister had a kid, you know. And I think many of you have been in that place too. And I'm awkward with babies, um, to be perfectly honest. But there was something so beautiful and natural about holding my nephew and I cry maybe twice a year, and that was my once a year cry in that moment, you know? Like, we've been praying for you and thinking about you and longing for you. Joy, unexplainable joy. And I didn't do that on purpose. I mean, like, my sister had a baby, like, that was on purpose, but I didn't do anything to experience that joy. It just overcame me. So, what would it mean for us to have a rule of joy? I mean, there's three things that we can do maybe to cultivate an environment where we find joy. First, I think about, you know, we all talk about those picture memories. The first place that we can find joy is remembering when we were joyful. And we re remember the times that we were joyful. We're able to identify in the world places we should pay attention to to find joy. This, this story kept popping up in my mind this week, and I think it's because I found so much joy in it and even laugh about it and think about it now. Is When I was in high school, I went on a mission trip with this group called Casas Per Cristo, Houses for Christ. And like, he doesn't need a house. He's in heaven. Anyway, uh, several houses uh, built every week by these youth groups together. We built for these families in Mexico. And part of the training before we left to go on these trips is we had like an afternoon after church where somebody would come in and tutor these wily students on a little bit of Spanish. Uh, and we latched onto it, and we thought it was so fun to use the few phrases that we knew in Spanish pronounced in horrible Arcan uh, Arkansas accents uh, when we were in Mexico. <laughs> and so every person we saw, we would say, hola, como estas, over and over again, and just any person we saw. And they got joy out of it too, I think, or they were annoyed. And we were in Mexico, and every night after we finished, we'd walk to this convenience store, and we would walk by people and we were just like laughing and just like excitedly screaming hola como estas to every person that we pass and they'd be like what are these people doing you know well you know they're here building this house and they're also just screaming oh, hello and how are you uh, as they walk around our town are they okay do they need help you know and we went to this convenience store and we'd get like our drinks and our snacks. We were walking back and we saw this man from a distance and we were just like laughing and you know drinking our drinks and talking or whatever and we screamed Hola, como estas? And it was quiet for a second, and we heard this voice go, I'm from Michigan, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Pure joy, you know? This is excitement. Like, and we just laughed. Like, that was even funnier than speaking Spanish for us, you know? And we couldn't wait to tell everybody about it. And it was hard for us to tell. It was like the pure joy. And I think he got a lot of joy out of it, too. We remember when we find joy. And even now, I feel joy welling up inside of me telling that story again. I think another place that we can find joy is maybe not find joy for ourselves, but we can give joy to another person. 
one of the first things, or the first thing, Land and I did uh, when we were married in, in our wedding ceremony is we served communion. And I'm full of joy thinking about the line of people and our families all there together coming and our friends and college professors and people we knew in seminary in Atlanta all in the same place, which is also my personal nightmare. But also, I was so full of joy because Lane and I were there at the table giving them the body and blood of Christ. And that was the first thing we did. And I'm full of joy. And we shared that with another, that we were experiencing the joy of our marriage that day and we wanted to share a piece of that joy that God had given us. You share joy, you find joy. So we remember and we share our joy. And lastly, uh, we want to uh, give thanks, gratitude. We just had um, Thanksgiving. And so we're practicing what it means to give thanks. Uh, there's this movie on Netflix right now called Stutz. We have a picture uh, today. Uh, from this movie. Uh, on the left, you might recognize him. That's Jonah Hill, uh, super bad, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, and that's his uh, therapist, um, Stutz is his name. And Jonah Hill has gotten so much out of his relationship of, uh, with his therapist that he wanted to make a movie about him. In fact, there's these really silly moments where you can tell like Stutz is getting back into him being a therapist and trying to mine things out of Jonah Hill. And then Jonah Hill's like, wait, 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 wait. This movie's about you, you know? And they have this really beautiful, fun relationship. And the cool thing that Dr. Stutz does is he has these little blank note cards. And when he gives you a tool to use, a like kind of mental mapping tool or kind of mental health tool, he draws out a little diagram on a note card and gives it to you so you can like look at this tool and put it at your desk and practice it. And Jonah Hill's really moved by these tools and have found a lot of help in like the death of his brother and kind of his broken family relationships and kind of dealing with being famous and all that other stuff. And he has this one tool about gratitude. And uh, uh, in watching the movie, I was really moved by it too, that you know, now people talk about having a gratitude journal that you should say what you're thankful for morning and evening. And now it become this like productivity thing. Like if you are more grateful, then you'll produce more. It's not a life hack. <laughs> it's a thing to find joy in and to grow in. And so here's the tool that Stutz gives. He says, so just close your eyes for a moment. You don't have to do this now. You can do it later if you want, but I'm going to do it. Uh, you identify something that you're grateful for. And you start with a mundane thing. So I'm grateful for the cup of coffee I had this morning. I'm grateful for the smile and handshake uh, I had with Jake Donaldson this morning, or I'm grateful for, well, frankly, the new chairs that we're sitting in today. I've never been more excited for chairs in my life, let me tell you, uh, ever. They're chairs, so exciting. Uh, and you start to name these mundane things, and you can feel the feeling of gratitude, like, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. And then the next step is that you identify, you're going to identify something you're grateful for, and then you don't attach it to an object. You just feel that pure sensation of gratitude. You just practice over and over again identifying an object to be grateful for, and then you're just grateful. And this cloud passes away, and you connect with what Stutz calls the source. We have a name for that. Uh, his name's God, by the way. Uh, and you're grateful, and you, you aim that gratitude toward God, and you find joy in your gratitude. We remember, we share, we give thanks, and th those three things together, just over and over in practice, fill you with joy. And, and not in a way that like you're just going to be happy all the time. I don't want to make any promises there because it's not true. But I do want to point us to what uh, my favorite theologian, Karl Barth, says. He says that the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, is the most joyous being in the universe. 
And as we draw near to him, that joy that radiates off of him shines on us, reflects on us, warms us. Or we'll use the water metaphor from, from Isaiah. It's just, we're in the splash zone, you know? We're sprayed with this joy of who God is. All, and we draw closer and we become just filled with it, covered in it, radiating it. The most joyful being in the universe. We, we've been singing this song every week, Heaven Meets Earth. And I think that that's what happens in joy, is that we think about heaven and earth being these non-overlapping, non-overlapping realms in, in, in the universe. And when we find joy, is we're experiencing a taste of eternity. We're experiencing a picture, a taste of this picture that Isaiah has given us of the future to come. We experience overlapping hope and love and peace that we've already talked about overlapping with our lives in a moment, we get a taste, we get a glimpse, we get to step into the reality that God is bringing us toward all together in one place, on one road, as Isaiah puts it, in one direction, that even for foolish people, you won't lose your way. Heaven meets earth. We pray it in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, the joyous, most joyous being in the universe is, is laughing and singing and smiling and loving, radiating love, to all of creation. And if we keep that at the center of our lives, if we keep that as the horizon of who we want to be, if we want to become people of love, we will become more joyful. If you do anything this week, if you remember your joy or you share a joy with another person, I'd love to hear experiences of joy in your own life to share them with me so I can kind of put them away. Like, I'm going to remember that joy that somebody told me to find joy in it. If you give thanks, if you do anything this week, is like Brene Brown's daughter. Take a picture. Pause. Listen. Open yourself. Remember. Close your eyes. Think. Give thanks. And take a picture. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's something that hasn't happened yet. Find joy. Let it find you. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Almighty God, we know that you're pursuing us with your joy, not your judgment, not your difficulty, not tasks, but just who you are. So draw us closer to yourself that we might find the joy that you are in perfection, that you are embodied in Jesus, that you are stirring in our spirits, Help us find joy. Help us remember those moments where we were filled with joy. Help us share the things that we can of our own joy. Help us in all times give thanks to you, joyous one, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen.